Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, I hope that uh, you got a chance to stuff yourself uh, with food on Thursday. And thanks for being here to celebrate Thanksgiving weekend with us. Uh, how many of you uh, are bold enough to, like me, confess that you might have ate a little too much on Thursday? Just raise your hand. Uh, the godly people, awesome. We're glad you're here. Here's another question. How many of you, uh, you, you made a dish uh, or you cooked something that you'd never cooked before, but you went for it anyway, uh, and, and, and you brought it to the celebration uh, this week. Anyone, some of you guys? All right, raise your hand if you cook something new. Awesome. So uh, I envy you. You are brave. Um, you are courageous, especially when you are, are cooking and you're sharing that with 10, 15, 20, 25 people, and you just go for it. That is not me at all. Okay, I am not that guy. Uh, I am afraid to try new things, especially if it's public in front of other, other people. So, so like, I like to fail privately and then learn from my mistakes and then practice and then practice. And then when I perfect it, then I'm willing to share with others. And, and, and so that, that applies to many areas of my life. But, but uh, definitely with cooking, like, I'm not trying a new dish uh, and sharing that with other people. Like, I'm, I'm going to try and perfect it and then uh, share that with other people. And so one of the examples, uh, a few months ago, we had a men's retreat. And in September, 30 men from Beach Point Church went up to Thousand Pines Christian Camp. And there were about 400 men who were up there together uh, for this, this, this uh, retreat. And so we did dude stuff. You know, we, we ate bacon. We ate beef jerky. We did a lot of macho, like, dude stuff that I can't talk about because there are women in the room. Not because it was inappropriate, but just because what happens at man camp stays at man camp. Right, men? <laughs> But one thing I, I can share with you is that, that one of the most exciting activities that we do at Man Camp, or also called Men's Retreat, um, is uh, the Man Challenge. Now, the Man Challenge is an axe-throwing competition. And so there is a picture of my father-in-law uh, throwing an axe. And so just a little side note, uh, if you're trying to score points with your uh, in-laws, um, throw a picture up with them of them while you are... <laughs> public speaking, so that's helpful. Anyway, so the man challenge, they line up about four or five dudes. They give them two of these axes, and, and so you get two opportunities to throw and try to hit one of those targets. And so if your axe sticks into the target, if you get one of the two, you go on to the next round. And then they eliminate people, and they keep going round after round until there is one man left, the winner of the man challenge. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, Pastor Ken, are you good at axe throwing? And my honest answer is this, I have no idea. I have no clue because I didn't even try it. And here's the reason why. I already told you why. Because I'm afraid of trying things in front of other people unless I know that I'm good at it. And so I did not want to fail in front of four macho, 400 macho dudes. I didn't want to fail at something that I wasn't sure if I was good at axe throwing or not. And so I never even tried. And so in order to redeem myself, I need one brave volunteer who is willing to hold a target down the... I'm just kidding. The middle school kids are... Uh, our insurance won't cover that. Um, but today we're going to talk about two areas, two things that, that most Christians struggle with. And, and oftentimes it's because, like me, we're afraid to even try. We're afraid to even go there. We're afraid to even attempt at it. But there's two areas that God's people, the church, have often struggled in. And those two areas are this, praying consistently and sharing the gospel boldly. 
Wouldn't you agree with me that, that prayer and evangelism are two areas that most of us struggle in? Many of us feel like, hey, I'm, I'm not good at these things. And, and may, maybe for some of us, it's because we haven't even really tried. We're too afraid to throw the axe of prayer or sharing our faith. But for some of you, you've tried. You've made an attempt at prayer and you feel like you failed and you've given up. Maybe for you, uh, you, you, you set aside some time to devote to prayer, and as you began to pray, you quickly realized that your mind wanders. You've been there before? Your mind wanders, and you kind of got distracted, and you gave up, and you, and you just decided to move on from that prayer thing. Maybe for others, like, like Mitch was saying, that, that you, you've maybe made a commitment, I'm going to start praying more consistently. And then as your head hits the pillow after a long day, a busy day, you realize that you had not, throughout that entire day, even spent 10 seconds in prayer. And you feel discouraged and you give up. Maybe for others, you've, you've come to church and you've got excited about your faith and the prospect of sharing your faith with someone else. You're praying for your friend. You're praying for your neighbor. You're praying for your family member. You're praying about someone in your 8 to 15. And, and then the opportunity comes along. And, and, and you know it's a good opportunity to kind of go there with a God conversation, but instead you chickened out because you weren't sure if you were good at it. And you thought, maybe I might fail, and so you never even attempted. And you kind of give up on this evangelism thing. I think most of us have been there at one point or another. And today as we conclude our series called Dear Beach Point, as we look at chapter 4 of, of the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul, he's going to tackle both of these topics together. And it's kind of like, Paul, like, can we just focus on one or the other? Um, but the text today, Apostle Paul writes and he addresses both of these issues together. And so as we conclude our series, Dear Beach Point, we are looking at this letter that Paul has written to the church of, in Colossae, the church of these people called the Colossian Church. And it's actually a, a four-chapter letter. It's a letter that he wrote there. And as we look at it, we're asking the question of what is God wanting to write to our church, Beach Point, here today? What does God want to speak to us? And particularly as we look at it, we're going to see these two topics of prayer and evangelism and so as we're going to dive into this, I want to encourage us as a church of what if today was the day that we made a commitment that, that instead of being too afraid to throw the axe of prayer and the axe of evangelism, what if instead we said, hey, we might not be perfect at it, but we're going to, we're going to go for it. We're going to commit today to being people who engage with these two things and, and grow and, and, and learn and develop in it. That's my prayer for us today. So why don't you grab a Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 4. And what we're going to see is three different imperatives, three different commands that, that Paul, that God says to us through Paul's letter uh, regarding evangelism and prayer. And the first thing we're going to see is this, dear Beach Point, be devoted to prayer. Dear Beach Point, be devoted to prayer. Verse 2 says it this way, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We're going to pause right there. We're just going to go that far at this point. Be devoted to prayer. Before Paul talks about evangelism, he talks about prayer. When I first read that, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, I thought he should go and share some tactics, like how do you share your testimony in 30 seconds or less, or like what are ways to share the gospel. But instead of going there, Paul starts with prayer. And if you have been with us, we 
concluded a two-month series called For the Sake of the World. We went through the, the second half of the book of Acts. And through this series, we talked about sharing your faith, sharing about Jesus, uh, making an impact on the world. But one key ingredient that, that I realized we missed during that series was prayer. And Paul, Paul recognizes something. Paul knew something that we often miss, and it's this, that effective evangelism starts with persevering prayer. That in order for our lives to make an impact on the world, to share the gospel with others, it begins with prayer. In order for us to publicly make an impact on the lives of others and share the gospel, it it begins with a private prayer life of you and God connecting through prayer. And the early church understood this. The early church understood this connection between prayer and evangelism. And they lived out Colossians 4.2. They were devoted to prayer. Let me give you a little sample of that. Acts 1, it describes the early church, the book of Acts. And it says this, they all joined together constantly in prayer. We see in Acts 2, it says this, they devoted themselves to what? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We see the early church was committed to prayer. Acts chapter 6 Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And we, the apostles said, we'll turn this responsibility, some of this responsibility over these seven, so that, and we will give our attention to what? To prayer. To prayer and the ministry of the Word. Acts chapter 12, we see another, that so Peter was kept in prison, but what is the church doing? But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Over and over again, we see the early church was a people, a group of people devoted to prayer, constantly in prayer, persisting in prayer, persevering in prayer. But why was it so important to them? And why should prayer be so important to us? Because church history, the history of the church shows us that every great movement of God was preceded by a movement of prayer. That every great movement of God, of of large numbers of people coming to faith in Christ, their lives being transformed, it was preceded by a movement of prayer, a group of people who were devoted to prayer. And so because of that, Paul encourages us, be devoted to prayer. And here's why that happens. It's because in prayer, in prayer, we express our dependence upon God. Through conversation with God, through prayer, through talking with God, and that's, that's essentially what prayer is. It's, it's you talking to God, you listening to God, and that doesn't have to be verbally out loud. You can do that in your mind. You could be talking to God right now while you're listening even, listening for what God's speaking to you. That's prayer. And so prayer is dependence on God. Prayer is your relationship with God. Prayer is having conversation with God, and it expresses the act of prayer is an act of faith. The act of prayer is an act of you depending and trusting God in your life. And so, prayer is so important. If we want to be people who make an impact in the world, we need to be people who are prayerful, devoted to prayer, having conversations with God. Do you know what Christianity is? We talk about being a Christian often, and often the way I define that is being a follower of Jesus, putting your faith and trust in Jesus and beginning to follow him. And that is true. But as I've been reading through Colossians, I've been challenged that it's beyond just following Jesus. 
Throughout Colossians, we see the Apostle Paul say over and over again that the life of the Christian, the life of the believer, the life that God has for you is a life in Christ, a life in him. You see it over and over again in the book of Colossians. It's not just about you trying to follow Jesus, that's part of it, but it's you following Jesus with your life in Jesus. It's your life and Jesus' life together, your life in Christ and Christ's life in you through the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not about you just trying to follow Jesus apart from him. It's about you having a relationship, a connection with him through prayer and the life of Christ in you. But too often, we try to live the life of Jesus without talking to God, talking to Jesus in prayer. Let me explain it this way. Uh, Think about an airline pilot. Uh, Anyone who's a pilot, you know that they are well-trained, they are well-equipped, they are an expert in their field. If you've ever uh, flown on an airplane, you'll know that the pilot there, it's pretty remarkable. They're able to take a a machine that weighs thousands of pounds and to take it from one city up into the air above the clouds in the sky and to bring you thousands of miles and then safely down back onto the ground. Hundreds of people uh, safely travel because of the, the, the pilots and their expertise. And now in order to be a commercial airline pilot, you need to have at least 1,500 hours of flight time before you can even apply. And so these people are experts in their field. They are well-trained. And, and many of them have years and years and years of experience. But even the most well-trained and experienced pilot would never dare land the plane without first calling in to the control tower. Imagine if a pilot decided, no, I've, I've flown enough times. I know how to do this. Uh, I'm just going to land the plane when I want to land the plane. And so they call into the, the control tower. Uh, this is the pilot speaking. Uh, control tower. Just want to let you know, I'm going to land this plane when I want to land the plane and where I want to land the plane over and out. Like that would be a catastrophe. Like although they're well-trained, they're well-equipped, they know how to land the plane, they could crash into another plane. And so they would never dare do that. They would call in to the control tower. But how often do you and I as a Christian try to live the Jesus life, and yet we don't call in to the divine control tower? We, we try to make godly decisions, but we never talk to God about that decision. We try to make an impact on the world, but we don't have a conversation with God about that. We want to live our lives and, and evangelize and share our faith, but but we don't have conversations in prayer with God. You see, we can't live this Jesus life unless we're living a life that's, that's devoted to prayer. And so Paul tells us, be devoted to prayer. And that word devoted, it, it, it literally means persistent, to persevere in. And what I want you to recognize in this, that it's not about the length of your prayer time. Like, it's not like, okay, if you have a two-hour prayer time, then like, okay, then you're good, you're good at praying, awesome. It's not about the length of your prayer time. It's about the length of your prayer life. It's about being a person who is devoted, persistent, consistently reaching out to God, having conversation with Him, listening for Him, talking with Him. Be devoted to prayer. So let me ask you, are you devoted to prayer? Are you someone who is devoted to prayer? And if not, today could be that day. This morning could be the morning where you make that commitment that I want to be someone who is devoted to prayer, who begins to pray more regularly, who begins to talk to God throughout your day. 
dear Beach Point, be devoted to prayer. And now he describes that by being watchful and thankful. I'm not going to spend any time on the thankful because I, I hope this week you've been, been, been uh, engaged in that. But he says being watchful. And I was wondering, what are we watching for? Like, Paul, what are you wanting us to watch for? And what, what, what he's saying is to be alert, to be aware of what God is doing, to be looking for what God is wanting to do throughout your day. Being prayerful with your eyes open, recognizing that God is at work around you, being alert and attentive to what God is wanting to do in and through you. And so it's praying at work. It's praying at school. It's praying at your neighbor's house. It's praying while you're driving, and hopefully you have your eyes open while you're doing that. But it's being watchful. That's the kind of prayer he's talking about, watchful and attentive to what God is doing. Be devoted to prayer. But what's the content of our prayer? What are we supposed to be praying for? That's what Paul tells us next. The second thing is this. Dear Beach Point, pray for open doors. Pray for open doors. Beginning in verse 3, he says it this way. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. What's the message? The gospel. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Paul's imprisoned here. And he says, verse 4, pray that I may proclaim it, proclaim the gospel, proclaim the message clearly as I should. Paul says, pray for open doors. Now, Paul could have prayed for many different things. He tells us here in verse 3, he's in chains. And if you were with us in our last series, in Acts 28, Paul arrives at Rome and he is in chains. And for two years, he's on house arrest, imprisoned in Rome. And he writes this letter to the church of Colossians. While he's imprisoned. Now, if I'm Paul, I'm writing the letter and saying, hey, pray for me. Pray that the doors of, the, of you know, the, my chains are broken. Then the doors open up for me to get out of here, right? That's my prayer. But that's not what he asked for. Because Paul's primary concern isn't himself. His primary concern is that God would open up doors, opportunities for him to share the gospel, to bless and impact the lives of other people. That's what Paul cares about. And so he says, chains or no chains doesn't matter to me. Pray for open doors. Pray for opportunities that I can share the message of Jesus with others. Church, Beach Point, pray for open doors. Did you know that God will open up doors? God will give you opportunities for those that ask, that, that there will be moments throughout your day that God will put people on your heart, that God will give you opportunities for you to share your faith with someone else. If we, if you and I are willing to be people who will ask, who will pray. Pray for open doors. What would happen if you and I were willing to pray a simple prayer, a daily prayer like this? God, would you open doors for me today to share Jesus with others? What if you and I were willing to pray a simple prayer like that? You can take a picture of it, write it down. But a simple prayer like that, a daily prayer of saying, God, would you open doors for me today? to share Jesus with others. If we began to pray for open doors like that, what would happen if if the hundreds and hundreds of people who call Beach Point Church their home began to pray like that? What might God do? What opportunities, what open doors might God bring us if we were to pray like that? Pray for open doors. To reach widely like we as a church want to do, to reach people in this community and, and, and your family members, your neighbors, your coworkers, to reach them for Christ. We need to be people devoted to prayer. People who are praying for open doors. And God will provide opportunities. Now, what do we do with those opportunities? 
How do we handle those opportunities? That's what Paul takes us to in the next part of the passage. And he tells us this for our church, dear Beach Point, make the most of opportunities. Make the most of opportunities. We see beginning in verse 5, he says this, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, and outsiders are non-believers. He says, be wise in the way that you act or that you live your life, the way you conduct yourself toward outsiders. He goes on to say, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Let your talk be gracious, seasoned with salt, which means wholesome, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul tells us to make the most of the opportunities. Make the most of every opportunity. And literally what he's saying is is redeem the time. Buy back the time. Snap up every opportunity that God gives you. Redeem it. Buy it back. Use it for its full potential. Make use of every opportunity to present the gospel to outsiders, to those who don't yet believe. Because people are watching. He says, be wise in the way that you live. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders, because people are watching. They're observing you. And that applies online as well, Facebook, your social media, the things that you say. What, it, what, what Paul's saying here is don't screw up the opportunity by being a jerk. <laughs> don't screw it up by being a jerk and, 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 and saying mean things. He says, may your, your conversation be gracious, filled with love, being kind and gentle, showing the fruit of the Spirit through your life. Be seasoned with Salt. Make the most of every opportunity. You see, because there is no such thing as an unimportant interaction between you and another human being. Every interaction you have with another person is important. Every opportunity matters, whether it's in the office, whether it's at home, whether it's on the sports field, whether it's at school whether uh, it's with your neighbors, every interaction matters because you, as a believer, you reflect Jesus Christ to the world. You are his ambassador. You are a light unto the world. And every person that you interact with is a human being who has been created by God. They are important. They are created by God, and God created them wanting to have an eternal relationship with them. And so every interaction you have is important. And I love the way that C.S. Lewis, I guess this is the second time we're quoting him today, but uh, he said these words, there are no ordinary people. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. He goes on to say, but it is immortals, people who will live forever, whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. What he is saying that every single human being that you interact with is important. They are a human being that has been created by God, that God created wanting to have an eternal relationship with them forever. And so make the most, Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. Make every opportunity count because life is short. The time is short. And so make it count. I want to use an illustration that Pastor Francis Chan uh, once gave and this rope here represents time. So the beginning of the rope here, uh, we're specifically looking at humanity. So this is Adam and Eve right here, okay? And then this is the history of, of humanity leading up to this yellow area, which represents your life and my life. And let's just say 100 years, okay? Maybe you got 50, 80, 90, 100. Let's just call it 100 years that, 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 that you're going to live this yellow area. And then we have all of this time eternity. 
And just imagine that keeps going on up the stairs, out through the parking lot, and on for forever. This is your life. A hundred years, a hundred short years, and then all of this with God forever. That's God's desire for each and every person. Now, what are you going to do with the time that you have here? Because when it's put into perspective, you realize it's, it's short. It's pretty short. And so many of us, what we do with that time is we try to live to, to make a little more money, to buy a little nicer car so we can enjoy a nicer car during our short time here, or to work a little harder to get a bigger house so we can have a more, uh, more comfortable home for our short time here. Or maybe we work really hard and just grind away so we can make some money so we can retire and so we can en- really enjoy, you know, those, that last little bit there with the RV and golfing, you know. And, and, and so we live our lives consumed with, with making it the best possible for us during the short time that we have. And we realize that our lives are meant for eternity with God. And what Paul is saying is that God desires that with each and every person. Every single person you've ever met, God has made to live eternally with him. And some people are going to live eternally with him, and some are going to live eternally apart from him. So Paul says, make every opportunity count. Make every opportunity count. Do what you can to make an impact. Make the most of every opportunity. And so I want to ask you, what opportunities do you have? Who are the people and what are the places that God has has placed you to make an impact? What are the opportunities that God is giving you in this season? Will you make the most of the opportunities that God gives you? Because life is short here on this side of eternity. Will you make the most of every opportunity? And let me say this, that people who are devoted to prayer, people who are devoted and persistent in their prayer life, they are people who can make the opportunities count because they are people who are connected to the power and the presence of God. And so I'm just going to lay eternity down right there for you. So I want to conclude with this, that that this kind of wraps up the big idea of our time together is this, that dear Beach Point, effective evangelism starts with persevering prayer. Effective evangelism, to make an impact on the lives of others, to share our faith boldly and confidently with others, it begins with people who are devoted to prayer people who are connected to God through prayer, this intimate relationship, and out of that flows this evangelism. And so as I was preparing this message, God just put on my heart to invite our church this Friday night to a time of prayer. It's going to be about an hour and a half in the youth building, um, and if you need child care, once again, um, reach out and we'll provide that for you. But we'd love some time and some space to pray for what God wants to do in and through this church, in and through your life, a time for us to be devoted to prayer, a people of prayer. And we're going to pray for what God wants to do in December specifically, uh, but beyond that. And in December, uh, I want to share with you some opportunities that God, some open doors that God is giving us to, to reach into the local community, to, to, to live on mission, and to reach into the various places here in Orange County. And so one of those opportunities is the Fountain Valley Tree Lighting event. 
And in fact, we have, um, we've got enough volunteers signed up, um, so that's kind of maxed out, but I just want to highlight that this Saturday, there's about 35 of us that will be serving and providing 1,500 um, kids the opportunity to, to make a Christmas craft at this event. And so we're serving the community and blessing them um, through the Fountain Valley Tree Lighting event this Saturday. We also have coming up, I want to announce that there's uh, two opportunities to serve the homeless. So once a month, there's a small group of beach pointers that go to Santa Ana at the Isaiah House and, uh, and, uh, and interact and have conversations and feed the homeless there. And so uh, we would love to open that up to two groups, um, maximum of 10 people, each of those. It's going to be Sunday morning, December 9th, or Sunday morning, December 16th. Uh, and it's at 8 a.m. And so you can go and you can get back um, by 10 a.m. Um, so 8 till 10 will be the entire time with drive time and everything. And if that, you're going and, and feeding and having conversation with some of the least of these in Orange County. So we'd love for you to sign up for that. You can go online and find all of these opportunities uh, at our events and, and click that. I want to tell you about a couple opportunities to serve uh, our local schools. Beach Point loves schools, and so we are wanting to bless and continue to, to pour into teachers and schools. And so one of those opportunities is on December 15th, it's a Saturday at 9 a.m., we're going to be going to Circle View Elementary School in Huntington Beach, and we've been partnering there over the last year and a half, and, uh, and we're going to do um, some gardening, some painting, paint some fences there in this garden area they have, and then also we're going to paint on the blacktop uh, a huge American uh, map, USA map, that's all colorful, and, uh, and so the kids can, can play out there, and teachers can bring kids out and show them all the different states and teach them through that. And so they're really excited about that, and we would love um, 15 volunteers to come and be a part of that. You can register online to serve at Circle View. And then lastly, uh, at Tamura, which is just uh, our neighbor right here, Tamura Elementary School, we have the opportunity to build um, some things out of wood. And so uh, we need a few people who are skilled in woodworking who'd be willing to volunteer in December and to build some of these items for Tamura. And so these are all different opportunities, open doors that God is giving us into the community for us to be able to reach out and make a difference beyond our campus. Now, why do we do service projects like this? It's because we believe this to be true, that good works creates goodwill that gives us the opportunity to share the good news. That good works such as feeding the homeless or serving a school or, or, or providing crafts for, for 1,500 kids in Fountain Valley, that these good works create goodwill with the people that we interact with, with the school officials, with the city officials, with, with people in our community, with the homeless. It creates goodwill that gives us the opportunity to be able to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus with those people. And so we want to invite you in the coming season to join us in reaching out to the community and making a difference. But we want to start with prayer. As the band comes up and we get in place uh, to respond together, I want to remind us that we want, as a church, we want to make a big impact in the world. We as Beach Point Church, we want to make a big impact in the world. But in order to do that, we recognize that we need to be a church that's devoted to prayer. Now, let's not be the kind of Christians, the kind of Jesus followers who spend our lives trying to follow Jesus but not living in the life of Jesus and connected to Jesus through prayer. Let's not be the kind of Christians who are afraid to throw the axe of prayer and evangelism. And instead, let's engage with both of those things. Let's be devoted to prayer, praying for open doors. 
And as God presents the opportunities, may we make the most of those opportunities. Because effective evangelism, it starts with persevering prayer life. And so what we're going to do in this next moment together is I want to invite us into a time of prayer. And what we're going to do is the band will just lightly play in the background, and we're going to have slides that will come up for about 30 seconds each one. And on the slide, I want you to read it and pray. It's going to prompt you to prayer. And so for these next moments, as these different slides come through, would you uh, join together as a church, and would we pray and become a church that's devoted to prayer? Would you pray with me?